Welcome to episode 353 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always, and this week, very cool. John Waite is here on this podcast. Yep, you heard me right. John Waite, of course, known for his illustrious solo career dating back into the 1980s, and he was the vocalist for Bad English and The Babies. We're going to talk about that stuff with him, and we're going to talk about what he's got going on now, which is brand new music that came out a couple months ago. Very cool stuff. Cool interview here coming up with John Waite shortly. I've been out of town quite a bit, back and forth, but I was able, I'm back home for about a day and a half between trips, so I was able to get one out this week, like I hoped, and I wanted to get this John Waite episode out because his tour big tour that uh, was announced a couple months ago is kicking off next Friday with Rick Springfield and Minute Work. All three of those acts touring together, which is a very cool thing. We're going to talk about that as well with John Wake coming up. But first, I need to let you know who sponsors this podcast. And that'd be MedFarm, a dispenser located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. I've got a huge selection. You can check it out at leafly.com. You can hit them up by going inside like a normal person. Or, I don't know why I said normal person, but you can hit them up by going inside or you can hit them up by going to the drive-thru. That would also be the way a normal person does it, right? That's the way I'd do it because we all love convenience, right? You can call, text, email ahead to place your order and then go right through that drive-thru, pick it up, and be on your way. MedFarm offers discounts, specials all the time if you follow them on our socials. That's P-H-A-R-M, MedFarm on Facebook, MedFarmOK on Instagram, and their website is MedFarmOK.com. One of their specials that is always going is if you mention Thunder Underground, they will give you 10% off your first order. That is very cool. What is even cooler is that 30% of their proceeds at all times go to build no-kill animal shelters. This is an amazing thing they do, and that's a great reason for you to help support this business because in turn they are supporting animals. Almost a third of what you spend goes to help no-kill animal shelters. So hit up MedFarm and tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. We've also got Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper, they're state licensed, and they are mother approved. 25 plus years of experience. You can check out the work on the socials. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on both Facebook and Instagram. Lots of different styles. If you want to shoot a message or give give a call to Sunset Tattoo, you can set up a time to go in there and talk about what work you're looking to have done. But yeah, check out, peruse through those pictures. You'll see all the great work that Jake's done throughout the years. I've had a tattoo done by Jake. I'm very happy with it. And I know many other people that have as well. And I'm looking forward to getting another one soon from Jake. So, you hit up Jake and get a tattoo yourself from Sunset Tattoo. And tell him you heard about him on Thunder Underground. Finally, we've got DEB Concerts. A promoter here in Oklahoma that has brought tons of great acts to this area over the past several years. Coming up in less than a month at the BOK Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Poison will be headlining a show with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and L.A. Guns. Three great bands there. 
All three great live bands. You know the stadium tour is going on right now. Poison's blowing them off the stage. I haven't been to every show, but I've seen clips. I mean, that was kind of understood beforehand, I think. I'm just saying it right here. Poison, BOK Center, August 20th. BOKCenter.com for tickets and info. DEBconcerts.com for all the info you need about any of their shows, updates, all that great stuff. And of course, we bring you that here as well. Then just a couple weeks after that, the first weekend of September, Labor Day weekend, DEB Concerts promotes, or excuse me, books the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. Rocklahoma is happening Labor Day weekend this year, the 15th edition of Rocklahoma. The DEB Concerts stage will feature the Thursday night pre-party of Rocklahoma. That will be headlined by Fan Halen. Also on that night will be Enough's Enough, Count 77, and One Night Stand. They've also got Quiet Riot, Slaughter, and Lit headlining the other three nights. And of course the stage is filled up with a ton of other acts. Get on rocklahoma.com. The lineups just came out, or the daily lineups just came out this past week. So check out all that. Don't want to miss it. DBconcerts.com. They keep bringing great acts, and we love them for their support. All right. Like I said, it's kind of a quick in and out at home for me this week. So, you know, I was trying to think of some stuff to talk about, but I think I'm just going to keep it John Waite here. Like I said, John Waite has this tour that is... It's actually being promoted by SiriusXM, I believe 80s on 8, that would make the most sense, right? That is Rick Springfield, John Waite, and Minute Work. Such a cool bill. You know, you get out there, you're going to hear tons of hits that you remember, tons of hits that you love. And of course, you're going to hear new music from John Waite, they're going to talk about Rick Springfield as well. You don't want to miss this if it comes to your area, it's kicking off Friday in St. Augustine, Florida. And it's coming my way here in Oklahoma pretty quickly after that. August 12th at the Seven Clans Casino in Newkirk, Oklahoma. A couple days before that, August 10th, it's coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I believe it's kind of confusing. I believe that is just Rick Springfield and Minute Work. I don't think John Waits on that bill. It's not listed on his website as one of the dates. That's something that I need to you know, look into, but regardless, if you're in the Tulsa area, August 10th, that I believe is at the Hard Rock Casino in Catoosa, right outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But the tour runs into September. It's kind of jumping across the country, so check all that out. John Wade has a brand new EP that came out back in May called Anything. It's got six songs, I believe, or no, is it five songs, and One of those songs is a cover of Bob Dylan's Masters of War. And it's a very, very cool cover. And that's another thing that we're talking about here in this interview shortly. John Waite, to me, you know, whenever I was, I guess, growing up, Bad English kind of hit the airwaves around that time where I was really, really heavily getting into music. The debut album from Bad English came out in 1989. I was 12 at that point. You know, so it was like around that time, 88, 87, 88, 89, when I was really, really into getting into rock music. And it was all the stuff of the time, you know. Your Guns N' Roses, Poison, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Cinderella, AC, ACDC, just 
all the classic rock as well, and all the stuff was popular. But then Bad English came out. When I See You Smile was a massive, a massive hit. Price of Love was also a big hit. And that was a big deal. And then the second album came out. And I I was thinking about this back whenever I recorded this interview with John Waite. That I didn't really remember the, the second album as much. I know that I had it back then. But it, I went back to it after I interviewed him and checked it out. And I was just, I re- absolutely loved this album. The second album was called Backlash. Like the song Dancing Off the Edge of the World. Man, if I could... uh put a bug into John Waite's ear, I would say dancing off the edge of the world. Throw that into your set list. I know he already plays, obviously, when I see you smile, and I think he plays best of what I got, I saw on his set list, which is the opening track on the debut album. Heaven is a four-letter word, another cool song, but, you know, he doesn't need to focus on that, obviously, because, like I said, John Waite has had an illustrious solo career. Big hits like Missing You. And then, of course, his new music as well. And he's got the music from the babies. You know, the feature Jonathan Kane as well that was also in Bad English. And obviously in Journey as well. If for some reason you're not familiar with Bad English besides the hit songs, it featured Jonathan Kane and Neil Sean from Journey with John Wade on guitar. So, I mean, that, you know, when you think about that, that's a super group of epic proportions when you're talking about 80s musicians at that time. And really back then, there were super groups and they, they all kind of came out around that time. There was quite a few that came around 89, 90, 91, like Damn Yankees and, um, why am I drawing a blank? I had a few in my head that I was going to mention, but it's, I, I kind of feel like Bad English might have been the first one to come out and just have this massive hit, but they, you know, you got the feeling when they came out, it wasn't meant to just be a super group. It was like a new group because journey was on hiatus at that point. And, but then John Waits talked about how, you know, he just didn't want to be in a band like that. And here we are all these years later, he hasn't been so good for him. Something else that he did recently that we talked about is he got up on stage with Kings of chaos, which plays into, you know, with this podcast, generally focuses on, which is hard rock and heavy metal. But Kings of Chaos, you know, has been around for many years, and it's one of those rotating... I mean, it's a super group, but it's... I forgot what the word I'm looking for is. It's what Dead Daisies always uses in their description. You know, it's never meant to be like, this is the lineup of this band, like a, you know, a quote-unquote normal band is. Kings of Chaos, you know, features ex-members of Guns N' Roses, and current members. I know Richard Fortas and Dizzy Reed are a part of it sometimes, I believe. Um, I think Chris Wise from The Cult plays bass a lot on occasion. And then we've got, you know, Matt Sorm's always part of it. Like I said, Guns N' Roses. Sebastian Bach does a lot of vocals with them. And they do when they do shows, they have guest vocalists, and that's what happened. At this show, John Waite came out with them and played two or three songs or maybe more. And I watched a video of it and I know they played some John Waite songs. So very cool to, to see that. So look that up if you're not familiar with it, but yeah, let me quit talking about what we talked about and let's just listen to what we talked about. Here's John Waite. Uh, 
you been? Where are you? I'm in Oklahoma. Ah. Yeah, I'm also. actually in a town called Broken Arrow, right outside of Tulsa. I think you played here last you fall. Played there. Do what? Yeah, we played there about six months ago. Yeah, I was out of town working, but yeah, it was like a street festival, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very Good cool. time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, just kind of jumping right into it. The Anything EP's been out now a little over a month. Are you happy with the response from fans and everything so far? Yeah. I mean, everybody seems to love it, and we're getting airplay, and we're, we're playing like we're out there playing most of the time now. We're going on a major tour in the middle of the year. And uh, we're going abroad back to Europe at the end of the year. Uh, this new EP, every, uh, Anything Is Out, it's, like I say, it's doing really well. There's four songs on it. If you download it from iTunes or you go to Spotify, there's an additional track, Bob Dylan's Masters of War. Uh, in about two months, there's a new greatest hits coming out called Singles. And there's uh, also a full-scale uh, documentary coming out on my life oh, wow. um, that's being shopped to the major video channels, you know, cable stations. And so that's my year. I've gone from, you know, being in lockdown to being in the middle of a three ring circus almost <laughs> overnight. Right. And uh, it's, uh, it's like getting a kick in the ass, really. It's like, you know, straighten up fly right get back out there and do what you do best but uh it's like everybody it's been a weird year and a half and i'm more than happy to be back out there you know yeah so it feels good to be back working pretty much full time now yeah i think there's a sense of purpose with the band i mean we always have really strong gigs we, not nothing but the best is allowed if you if you can't bring it don't show up so everybody's out to kill but uh it's been amazing just how edgy the band has become in playing and the vocals and the whole performance it's like really you know going for the throat i mean at my time of life you don't really coast not that i ever did but you really make sure that when you arrive you really deliver you know right well this uh this ep is your first you know, kind of collection EP or album of new music in quite a while. What was the the drive to kind of get this done? Was it the pandemic or? No, I, I put out a, a triple acoustic album last year called Wooden Heart, volume one, two, three. And um, I was really happy with that because we do a lot of storytellers, theater kind of shows, you know. But with, I think the catalyst for it was playing on 9-11 I was on tour with Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo and for the encore I came out and played Masters of War and Neil joined us and it was a terrific emotional explosion really because it's such a, a hard-hitting song and the audience just looked at us they were they were expecting something else but um <laughs> but I brought that back home uh, recorded on a phone and I listened to it and I went in the studio and uh, Roger Carter played drums and I played bass and the, the main guitar and then Shane Fontaine came in and played the, the solos and uh, I we tried singing it several different ways and it was over ramped 
you know. So before I left the studio, I just put a guide vocal down, you know. And um, I went back about a week later to re-sing it, nine in the morning, kind of like, let's do it again, you know. And I listened to it, and it was finished. And so we mixed it instead of singing it again. And it was like, I got to put this out. I j it's just very, I mean, the thing in the Ukraine, just the violence in the streets, the people who are making guns for a living, people who are designing new and better ways to kill each other. I mean, it's such a joke. It's a dark one, but it's, it's, if that's what we are, we need to wake up, you know? So I think the impetus to put something out was, was hinged on masters of war. And I looked around and I had anything, lifeguard, and I had Darling and Grenadine. So it just seemed a, a way to put out some new music that had something to say. I mean, anything is a beautiful little song. It's just very simple. And Lifeguard is, is a summer record, you know. They're about, it's a feel-good kind of, you know, it's, it's feel-good. It's not self-involved. It's like, just like, smile. Because if you don't, we're not going to get through this, you know. But at the end of it, you get Masters of War, which is like, kind of like a very strong Dylan song. And um, so that's why I put it out. I was kind of curious about that with Masters of War being, I mean, obviously it's got the message, but it does come off a lot darker than these other four tracks. Is that, was that your decision to leave it as a bonus track? Um, well, uh, you, when you, when you're singing Dylan, you better be on your game, you know, and uh, on the, on the acoustic record last year, I, I did not dark yet. And I had to be very careful where I put it amongst the other songs. Cause that's like, you know, that's like, it's the end game of songs. It's a tremendous song. But um, I, there was no choice. I mean, I'd already cut the first three songs and Darling was recut and cut again and cut again over three weeks. And uh, I, I took my hands off the wheel. I really did. I thought it has to come out. It has to be this. It's going to be an interesting ride for whoever listens to this, these five songs. So I just let it go. I, I stopped looking at it like, what will people think? And like, you have to hear this song. I mean, it's, I heard it for the first time when I was 14 and it really disturbed me. It was so chilling, you know, and here I am 55, whatever years, 50 years later. And, and oh, it's less than that, but <laughs> it still it still means what it meant all that time ago, you know. And I, I thought it was very important that people heard it, whether they like my version or not. I think they get people talking about the lyric. Right. I mean, all these songs are great, but the one that really jumped out to me was Grenadine. Talk a, a little bit about that like track. That. Yeah, that's the most natural. That's that was written after writing anything, and. Uh, and uh, Lifeguard, me and Anthony Chrysan, my collaborator on those songs, we were sat in his studio in New Jersey and having a glass of wine and I, we hadn't put the instruments away. And I, we just started playing music. And I had the title Grenadine, so I was just making lines up. And we, we had a new song. We had three songs instead of two. But it's entirely live, Grenadine. 
from inception. We must have played it through a few times and let's record it. But I was just making the lyrics up and it all seemed to rhyme and, and it hung together, you know? Oh, so you're saying the recording was a live take? Yeah. Okay. I really also really dug the cover art on this. Was that like your concept or did you have someone else handle that? Or? No, no. I, I, we, I was talking to the, uh, I was talking to the guy that, that not does the design. I sent him the artwork and he, and he led this layout and the, the lyrics and stuff. And I said, I got this album. We got, oh, I just got to get it out right now. And he says, we don't have a cover. What have you got? And I, and I hadn't done a photo session. And I have this box of buttons and tickets and souvenirs and chains and um, keepsakes, you know, bottle caps that I thought were significant. And I keep them because they're beautiful. You know, it's just like the wreckage of life, you know. So I just took a handful and put them on a canvas and moved them around a little and uh, took a photograph and sent it back to him. And that was the album cover. Yeah, I mean, it just one of those spontaneous things like grenadine. You know, it was just like it. What can I tell you? I was probably trying to save save time and money. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, all of us kind of change throughout our lives. Like, what is it when you write? We talked about writing a minute ago. When you write songs now, like, where do you pull inspiration from musically or lyrically? Different than you would have 40 years ago or whatever. No, I do. It's always been the same. I just, I don't have that. I don't have that singer-songwriter thing where I'm sort of like writing songs or being at a piano. I can't do that. Okay. You know, I'll hit a G chord and just make something up. And if it shouldn't be in G, then it's A minor. Or I put a capo on the guitar in a, a high up and that beautiful chiming d chord that you would hit with the capo on a on a an a fret might trigger a 10 songs uh but it's all spontaneous i i was never any good at at writing songs to order you know i, I can't really do it i saw that recently that you performed with the uh, kings of chaos yeah how, how was that experience oh it's great uh, the Guns guys were great. Matt Sorum, I I always wanted to play with Matt. He's a tremendous drummer, and I've I've seen him around and chatted with him over the years. Uh, Gilby Clark was great. Um, stand up guy, you know. Um, it was a really fun experience. You know, we're playing the Indy Five Hundred. You know, it's like it rained like you wouldn't believe all the way through, and um, that kind of was uh, a drawback but we really had a lot of fun it was great i mean all the guys in that band you know all their music's a little bit harder edged than yours throughout yeah. your career like how do you feel they did playing when they performed your songs well they just hit it yeah you know i mean um you'd be surprised how many people that are in these raging bands like i met james hetfield a couple of years ago uh, an eddie money tribute um, night and he he came and found me he found me and to tell me how much he loved the babies you know and then turns out he's like a huge fan so you know those guys I guess grew up listening to to me or but there's mutual respect there you know 
you obviously had huge success in bands like the babies and bad English. Did you ever throughout your career ever have any desire to front another band or are you content with like fronting your solo band? I don't think there's any point to, um, to um, being in a band now. I mean, once you, bad English was rugged towards the end and compromise isn't my thing, you know, and, and to be in a band, you really have to um, be compromising, but you can do that if you're in like mind. If you're really charging ahead with a riff and it's like really getting where it's supposed to be, that isn't really compromise. That's just working together. But when somebody wants to um, do something you think is uh, too mainstream or uh, crap, you know, I, I'm not interested in having the argument, really. If, if you're in a band with somebody that doesn't see it in the same light, you're sw swimming, swimming against the tide, you know? You're, you're not being the artist you should be and you can't get to the next level. And I think once you've made a success of being solo, it's very, very difficult to go back, you know? So in your solo, your live band right now, who's part of your live band? Oh, well, we've got Tim Hogan on the bass. He's been with me for like uh, 15 years, you know? And Alan Childs from uh, the No Breaks band, my 80s band, he came back to play drums. He played with Bowie for years and um, a lot of big names, really great drummer. And we have this guy called Mark Rashardi on, on guitar that really came along about 10 years ago um, to fill in for a couple of weeks. And he just stayed and he, he was just, a local guitar player. And uh, it's been kind of wonderful to see what happened with Mark. I mean, he became this really vicious guitar player. So it's, it's people I hang with, it's people, my friends, you know, so it's a, it's a great three-piece band with a singer. You guys have this uh, great tour coming up with Rick Springfield and Minute Work. Are you, I mean, you're looking forward to this because it's kind of, you know, I, I really like what Sirius has done when they do tours like this. It, it's got nostalgia, but it also, you know, brings some music out that a lot of people might haven't seen. Like I've never seen them at work in my life. So, I mean, this would be a great, great tour. I, I think, think they're two very, very good bands. Uh, Rick's great guy. I've known Rick all my life, really, since the babies. We were recording in the same uh, recording studio. He got married to the girl that was on reception. Oh, and, yeah. and all the babies were trying to hit on her. But he, he was <laughs> the guy that, you know, great girl. And I know Colin well. Um, it, it's a bit of a conflict for me because I never consider myself an 80s act. I, you know, one big single in the 80s, thank you and good night. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, the babies were, were in the 70s. So I immediately won't have that tag of your most shining moment was, you know, missing you or whatever, because that was just the 80s. But the 70s were gigantic for me. And in the 90s, after bad English, we'll be at number one and everything. It, in the early 90s, it's like I, I hit my stride as a, as, a, as a writer. I made an album called Temple Bar that, for me, was my best work. So, you know, if people love you, it's, you'd be an idiot to say, well, I don't think so. You know, if, if Sirius come to me, Mark Goodman, my old friend from MTV, says we're going to support this tour. We're going to play your music into the ground. It's like, thank you. You know, I might come out and play Masters of War 
I have no idea what I'm going to do. I really don't. It, it'll I'll, maybe like it is now. Every night we go out, we write a new set list. But um, part of being, I mean, Colin said it the other day on a on an interview with, with Sirius. We we're doing this thing, and he said, "If it was down to being an oldies act, I'd stay home." And I think we all feel like that. Yeah. I mean, we just played the other night in in Kansas City. And the place was packed. It was outside, you know, and there was there was young kids at the back, you know, and there was diehard fans in the front. But the young kids were checking us out. They'd come, bought a ticket, and we had a particularly good night. You know, we were really singing hard, and the band was really digging in. And one of these guys who was in a band came up to Tim after and says, "How do you do that? Can't believe you did these songs and." You covered this song by the Jeff Beck group and all. And, it, you know, and Tim was smiling. You know, he, he loved the fact that there was young people there and people who'd been there at the beginning. And I mean, it, it, that's what you shoot for. And if I just, if it became corporate or it was just for the money, believe me, I'd rather be taking a small boat out into Santa Monica Bay and fishing <laughs> or, or writing short stories or maybe buying a house with a big garden and staying home, you know, drink wine, watch TV, have a dog, all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, you bring what you bring and every performance is different. Well, you mentioned making set list. Is that, do you handle that primarily or do you take input from the band? Yeah. Well, we, all, we usually do it in the dressing room. Okay. And uh, it's like, we basically start with one song that we all know. Like uh, it's one of maybe three or four songs. And then the rest of the set, um, like the other night in uh, Kansas City, we left out change for some strange reason. You know, I skipped it. And um, what else? There was something else we didn't do that was really popular. Um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that fact that it's spontaneous pulls you into a different universe if it's just like one two three this song's in a then one two three you remember this one this song's in b um it's not like that the songs we jam a lot and um we make sure that people hear the major songs like missing you you know we do every time i think of you the baby song you know but the rest of it there's like a lot of we sometimes just throw in a song to see where it goes like uh you know a Dylan song or a, I mean, it's, it's not really strict pop. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's a lot harder than you might think. So it's never a thought of like, I need to balance, you know, some solo songs with some babies and some bad English. And well, no, no, no. We, we do when I see you smile, but we don't unplug in the okay. beginning. And that's it. I think we do best of what I got too. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but there's so many songs, you know I mean? There's all the baby songs. There's the two bad English records and there's 10 solo albums. Yeah. And, uh, and about eight years ago, when I released an album called Rough and Tumble, we had the number one song at Classic Rock Radio with Rough and Tumble. And then it was number one for like a week. And then it was in the top 10 for like another three weeks. And it didn't make any difference to sales or people coming to the shows. That's just the business now. But, you know, Rough and Tumble. We haven't played that for a while. There's songs like that that people have come to see. 
and you only have like 90 minutes, you know, and you maybe you should start playing for two hours, but it's, there's such a lot of songs. You wouldn't believe it, but in the back of the van or in the dressing room, it's like, there's that conversation every night. Let's make a set list. And everybody gets to say what they want to play. And we try and make it as much fun for everybody as we can, really. That's cool. When we kick this off, you mentioned the documentary and shopping it around. Is that something that's already completed and you're shopped around? Yeah, there's a documentary coming up. It's finished. It's edited. I just saw the trailer this morning. It took me three months to watch it. It was finished for three months before I actually watched it. I couldn't stand the idea of watching myself. (laughs) In a documentary, can you believe, you know, like you're laying around in your underpants and stuff and, and a film crew knocks on the door, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a major thing. It's big budget. It's called the hard way. And um, that's coming out. That'll be probably on cable somewhere or in cinemas by the end of the year. It's a funny year, you know, after the pandemic, I expected to come back to work. But at this level, it's, it's just uh, overtaking my life. You know, it's just like we're suddenly very busy and it's great. But it's funny how things come together, like this new release and uh, the tour with, with Rick and Colin in the, in the summer and the documentary. And we're going to Europe, too, to tour at the end of the year. So it's funny how things go. But it's a great life. You know, speaking on that, you obviously aren't slowing down a bit, but as you get older, do you have thoughts of a point where you think I might stop doing this or you just want to keep going until you. Yeah. I think honestly, um, I just had this conversation about half an hour ago, but I think all the songs are in the original key, right? I've never tuned down even when I had a cold, you know, they're in the same key that they were recorded in. That means the baby stuff, everything, right? It was meant to be in that key and is staying in it. And the day I can't hit that note, thank you and good night. And that's how I look at it. I look, that's God tapping you on the shoulder and saying, it's time, you know? And I'll go and buy that big house in the country or I'll be a gardener or I'd actually like to write short stories. I found that I can actually write short stories that are, interesting glimpses of life, you know, and it's a real talent that I have always kind of known I had, but I haven't really applied myself to it until recently, but it's hugely enjoyable. I read a lot and I, uh, I love that. I love storytelling and I, there's a, there's a way of doing it and I know how to do it. So I think I'm going to pursue that somewhere. And um, if I don't tour, I don't tour. I mean, I, I certainly, put in a lot of time I served you know yeah yeah and writing short stories seems like something you could do while you're on tour as well well yeah the best of both worlds it is it is (laughs) but I mean I mean it isn't just it's not the performance we're talking about here it's getting up at six in the morning and going to the airport and going through security and then sitting around with a bunch of strangers getting on the plane flying for three or four hours getting off the plane getting your bags going to a hotel crashing getting up in the morning, doing a sound check, and then you play the show. It's by no means the show that's the problem or, you know, going to be rough. It's, it's what you have to do to get to it. Right. You know, you lose a full day 
dig it. You've only got so much time on this planet and you lose a full day <laughs> flying around in a tin can with strangers. You know, just yep. think about it. You know, you could be, you could be really doing painting a picture or writing a book or reading a, whatever it is that you do. But uh, time, you know, time's very important. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'm loving the new EP and I'm really looking Thank forward you. to seeing this tour later this summer when you guys hit Tulsa and it was great talking to you. I appreciate your time. No, I enjoy the questions and um, God bless you, son. I, I really did enjoy it. So be well and I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. God bless. There you go, John Waite. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast. Always a huge thank you to Jody Best because she is, pun intended, the best. And of course, a massive thank you to John Waite for taking some time out there to hit me up on Zoom and have a conversation about what he's got going on with this new EP this tour that's kicking off next week with Rick Springfield and Minute Work. And of course, like you heard, a lot of stuff from the past, the Kings of Chaos stuff, his take on the Bob Dylan song, Masters of War. Pretty cool interview. So very glad to get the chance to talk to John Waite. If this is your first time listening, I really appreciate it. I've got... 352 previous episodes now that you can check out. Just last week, Michael Monroe, the Michael Monroe, who is known, you know, for his amazing solo career and, of course, being the vocalist of Hanway Rocks, was on here. So happy to be able to say that. Also recently had on James Durbin, who was well-known from American Idol. He was in Quiet Riot for a bit. He's got a brand new band called Clean Break with members of Riot and Striper. Great stuff from him. We also recently had on Frank Hannon of Tesla for the fourth time. Speaking of Tesla, Brian Wheat has also been on this podcast before. I mentioned Guns N' Roses earlier. Dizzy Reed has been on here. Gene Simmons of Kiss has been on here. Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss. Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio. Glenn Hughes. One of the greatest vocalists in the history of rock and roll has been on this podcast. Well, let's talk about the 80s, you know. We've been talking about it with John Waite. Members of Warrant, Trickster, Firehouse, Lillian Axe, Taiketto, Kicks, Junkyard, L.A. Guns, Slaughter. I know there's some big ones I'm forgetting, but we've also got a lot of heavier stuff, like guys from Megadeth, Death Angel Testament. We've had on some stuff with, you know, more modern... Hard rock bands like Shinedown, Skillet, Buck Cherry. The list is very long. Shooter Jennings has been on here. Vanilla Ice has even been on here. So go check that one out if, you, if you're feeling saucy. But coming up here in the weeks to come, we have episodes coming with Chaz West, who was known for being a vocalist of Bonham. He was also in Lynch Mob for a short period. And Foreigner as well. He has a band called Westbound, which is putting out some great stuff. We talk about all that. Also got an Anthony Apello of the Southern Rock Band, Six Gun Sal, Del Lytle of the 80s Rock Band, Angelus, Jeff Buner of the Modern Hard Rock Band, The Loyal Order. All these are coming up soon. 
they've all been recorded. I've got a couple scheduled to be recorded, and I'll announce those when they happen. And of course, we're always working on surprises as well. So, thethunderunderground.com, you can check out everything there, you can listen to it there, you can find all the socials. Follow Thunder Underground on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're listening to this right now. Follow, subscribe, like. You can listen, Spotify, Apple Music, TuneIn, SoundCloud, MixCloud. Most anywhere podcasts are heard, you can listen. Anytime you see posts, like, comment, share. That helps out greatly. I've also got merch. If you're going to be at Rocklahoma, I'll be out there. Look for my banner. Always out there in the VIP camping area. Hit us up. I've always got stickers, guitar picks, stuff for sale like t-shirts and shot glasses and koozies. Once again, a massive thank you to DEB Concerts, Med Farm, and Sunset Tattoo, Jody Best, and John Waite. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.